morning, everyone. It's awesome to be here this morning. And um, yeah, we have been going through our Psalms the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, as a few people have been tracking along in our Life Build Academy. That's our little um, little space online where we can track through together what we're doing in church. We can offer just our thoughts and our ideas and the things that God's taking us through in that space. And um, it's been really just so, I just, I love hearing what other people are feeling and thinking, how God's touching other people and what verse it is that's speaking to them. Um, so if you haven't jumped on that yet, you know, there's always time to join us. And if you're on there but you're not commenting, <laughs> love to hear your thoughts. Love to know what's going on and, you know, how it is that God is is touching you in that space because it's just a really awesome way to be community, not just on a Sunday, but, but in those little bits of our week. So this week we um, are branching into our, um, our lament psalms. So this is our psalms that we're tracking along and um, after a morning of of praise and and worship, you know, we can kind of think, oh, now we've got to lament, <laughs> got to shift gears or something. Um, but, you know, it kind of it goes alongside with what the kids are doing, that sense of sometimes you have to wait. Sometimes there's awkward things before, before worship, before, you know, this sense of celebration. And um, lament... The Psalms of Lament are a really incredible way that, that God teaches us, that the psalmists show us how to be in a space that is, is not just this, you know, amazing face of everything's wonderful, but actually individually as well as corporately, we can, we can honestly express things that we feel and honestly we can move within that space and then go to that place where we know God is life. So we're going to go on that journey today and I'm going to start by reading Psalm 13. <clears throat> How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death and my enemy will say I have overcome him. My foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. This psalm, it is a lament. You know, it's, there's about a third of the psalms in the Bible are laments. And I think, wow, that's, that's amazing. There's so much of this, that, that part of that book would be given over to, to this 
something that we would probably have considered negative. That we'd probably go, like in our, in our thoughts, like to lament is like to, we think it's this sense of losing hope. We think it's a sense of in, in incredible sorrow and incredible grief. And I wonder when I, you know, I started reading through that psalm. It's it's amazing as you, as you read through the Bible, and as I read through that, like what, what rose up in you? Like did some did your mind just go somewhere? When it says how long, Lord, <laughs> don't we all have those questions? Like how long, how long? I do feel forgotten sometimes. And there is a real grief and, and, and tears that is a part of our humanity. It's a part of who we are. It's a part of how we're wired. And that's not bad. It doesn't make us any less faith-filled if we feel a sadness, if we feel a, if we feel a grief. And, you know, we recognize that in Jesus we see him in, in John 11. We see him come to the, the house of Mary and Martha. And the, this, the, the whole community is filled with grief because his brother has just died. And he weeps. Jesus weeps at that. He weeps with them because he can feel what they're feeling. He weeps over Jerusalem before he enters the city, because he knows what that city has to go through. He knows what that city has been through, and, and he knows what it's about to come. And it fills him with the sadness and a grief that is, that is immense. It's right to good to grieve. It's, it's right and good to feel loss and injustice. That's what our hearts are made for. But it does a biblical lament. It does more. It does more than just acknowledge our feelings. It actually moves us through to the other side. And I don't know if you saw that as we move through. But we, we, we have this sense of this is where I'm at. And this is where I'm going. And, you know, a lot of people who have spent time delving into these psalms, they've recognized a pattern, a pattern of four things that, um, that this, these laments that they go through. And it's a really helpful way of us just unpacking what's going on in our own world and how these psalms can really help us. And so I wanted to look at those just four different sections of a lament today. See what we can get out of it. See what, how it can touch our things in our world and see what God has for us at the end. So the first thing a lament does is it cries out. It cries out. It says, how long, Lord? In a biblical lament, it turns our focus on God. 
It's God that we call out to. It's God that we address our pain and our heartache. It, it, we lift up our eyes, our focus, and it gets up out of our own place and it looks up to God. We acknowledge him as Lord over our life. We come to a place where we go, you're Lord and I'm angry <laughs> or I'm sad or I'm confused and, and you're the Lord in my life. How long? You know, I look at Jesus on the cross and, and we sometimes come to that, that place and he goes, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And it kind of jars us and we go, oh, what's he going on about? Like, is he accusing God? Is he saying, why have you done this to me? I don't think so. It doesn't seem consistent with him. You know, they've, they've been planning this. They know the deal. It's just that in this place, in this place of pain, in this place of carrying everything, Jesus knows who is his Lord, his Father, his God over all. And so instead of like blaming everyone around him and, and all of that, he lifts his eyes to his Father and he goes, First part of that biblical lament is we focus our eyes on God and we choose to talk to him about our problems. We choose to talk to him and unpack it, not with the rest of the world, but with him because he is our God and he's the one who's over us. And so we just let it out. We open up, we pour out the pain because we, we're confident that the God that is over us is big enough. I, I don't know what Jesus was praying in the garden before he went to the cross, but I do know he was in agony. I do know that his spirit was wrestling. I do know that that the enormity of what he was about to go through, what he was going through, was just enormous. Like it was overwhelming him. And I, like I hear those words in Psalm 13 that we read, and it said, how long must I wrestle with my thoughts? What, what was going through his mind? He was completely human as well as completely God. So he feels those things. Is it sin to think that I'm struggling? There's a question. <laughs> How long must I wrestle with my thoughts? Day after day, I have sorrow in my heart. There was immense sorrow that Jesus was carrying. And then this question. How long will my enemy triumph over me? He knew. <laughs> but in that space, that space of I have to face death, this is the whole point 
of my life is that I'm facing death for humanity. And it looks like the enemy is going to triumph over him. The whole of the world thought that. The second part of our biblical lament is that we wrestle. And we bring that to God and we speak it out to him and we we let him know what it is exactly that's going on inside. We articulate what is happening. And then we ask. Because the God that is Lord over us can do something. He has a power over creation. He is Lord over all. And when we've just turned our eyes to him, acknowledging that he actually can speak into our world, and we've just shown him what it is, we ask him for something. The things that bring life, the things that are good, the things that bring hope. Because we know we don't want to stay in this spot. We know that this is not where we want to be. And so like we have this boldness that rises up. When we've had the confidence to actually speak out the things that we're feeling, we've had the confidence to go, no, this is where I'm really at. We then have the confidence and the boldness to to ask for something, dare to ask for help, so so that the good can win over the evil, so that the things that bring life and love and mercy and hope actually speak louder than destruction and disease because we want God himself to receive that honour and the glory. Like I hear Jesus, I hear him in his, you know, in the Lord's prayer. Your will be done on earth. When he's wrestling in the garden, he's going... Like, this is, I want, Lord, I want something here. I want your will to be done. I don't want my feelings and wrestles to win. I want your will to be done. And a, like a blind man, he, he has the, the guts to, to, to go to Jesus, I want to see. The impossible. But I want to see. I want to see what is good. I want to see what is life. I don't want to be stuck in this darkness. Because if we stay in that sorrow, and we, if we stay in that space of, of, of sadness, like we're trapped in that. Like that just is a spiral. And it's like our enemy has prevailed. Because we've been made effective ineffective when we could be someone that actually brings life and joy and so we ask God to intervene into this space and we dare to ask him for help to bring us up and to bring us out 
We refuse to just lie down and let it happen. And we trust. We trust God. Because even though we may not know how it's all going to work out, like we can't see how it's going to pan out, we don't know the shape of God's answer to our question. We trust in the one we've lifted our eyes to. We trust that he is good. The things we know about him, we know that he is good. We know that he's compassionate. We know that he's full of mercy. We know that he's full of love. And when I read that place where Jesus is crucified in John 19, and he says, it is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. I'm completely moved by that. Because I see a man who has not lost hope. He didn't give up his spirit because he gave up. He gave up his spirit because he completely and utterly trusted God. In that moment of utter darkness, he trusted God. And so he could let go of himself. Now we know what happens next. <laughs> Jesus rose to life and he conquered death. And we know that out of that place of trust, without it, we wouldn't have that. We know that out of that place of trust that God brings life. He brings a newness. Like that is an amazing, it's an amazing display of love for us in that he gave up his spirit. And it's a trust in God. And like that trust in God is the whole reason that we actually then have hope. We have hope beyond our current situation. Because we know that, that Jesus conquered death. We know that, that whatever's going on in our world, no matter how bad it is, there is a promise beyond that. There is a promise of your kingdom come, of all things made new, of life and hope rising up out of our place of death and darkness. And when I read through this lament and I, and I understand those parts of it, I start to see how powerful it is in our world. Because no matter what we face, we actually have a little way that we can walk through that. That we don't have to stay in that place. And, you know, it, it might take a bit of time. We might not just read the psalm and, wow, there we are out the other end of our lament. I don't think it quite works like that. But what it gives, it, it does give. When we read those ends of the world, the words at the end, it's like, I will sing the Lord's praise. For he has been good to me. They're words of they're prophetic words that we speak over ourselves. That they within them they hold a promise that, that I will come through this. I will see beyond the current thing. 
And I will be able to sing praise because God is good to me. Can I just encourage you, Jeff, do you want to jump up? To, you know, dive into those psalms this week, have a look at them. We start with Psalm 90 tomorrow. And look out for those stages. Reflect on the things that are in your world. And and then start kind of working out what that looks like. Like how do you turn your eyes to God? Like how do you how do you speak his name in that space over your things, over your world? working through and, and, you know, articulate what it is that, like to him. Like, don't worry about what else other people might be thinking. Like, articulate it to him. Talk to him about it. And, and ask him, of you know, how. Like, what is it you want him to do? that space put on paper like write it out after my mum passed away like it was six years ago now but I, I wrote a poem now it probably wasn't the full stages of lament <laughs> but but it was a way of articulating what I felt and and it did it, it moved through it did. as I articulated I could I could get a sense of something more than just my feelings. You know, you might find that after the service that you just want to sit down, grab grab Psalm 13, come and sit down the front and just pray through that yourself. When we take hold of when we let it teach us and penetrate us and be the first thing in our world. God, you know, that connection point with God, the, the place that we, we get our help from, His words speaking into our life, they actually, they bring life not confusion. You need to trust. Turn your eyes to God and trust Him through that. So I just want to end today. I actually want to just end with a prayer. Because I think that this is something that we can do um, individually. But it's also something that we can do corporately. There's things in our world that happen, like our prayer nights on Tuesday. We're praying for our world at the moment. We're praying for what is happening in the Middle East. We're asking for God to be in that space. And so together we can lament and cry out to Him. 
individually we can do this. So I just invite you to close your eyes and let's pray. Lord God, Creator, Lord, Almighty, how to seek you. Teach us how to turn our eyes on you. That's the first thing we do in any circumstance. The first thing, first time that something hits our heart and just jars us and pains us. Lord, that we wouldn't go anywhere else to a person, anything, we would actually just come to you. Lord God, we would just turn our eyes to you. Teach us, show us how to speak out our pain, to articulate what it is that's going on inside, to put words to our feelings and our mess of thoughts. Find a way to communicate it to you in words. Bring it to light. Make them make it real, acknowledged. Teach us to speak this to you, God, over all. And then help us to dare ask you. when we may have not been able to see how your answers have happened in the past even when we might not be happy with your answers in the past Lord teach us to keep asking you knowing that you can do something about it knowing that we can't walk alone in it. And then help us to trust you in your loving kindness. Help us to be able to let go of our own ways that we want things to be fixed. Our own ways that things would be made better and help us to trust you because you are completely full of compassion and love and mercy and in that space of trust Lord let us hope let it rise up in us at the same time as, as a sense of grief can process, Lord God, but but just just bubbling away, Lord God. A, a flicker of hope that 
start shining a light in the darkness that we feel. Lord God, we thank you. We thank you for this, your word. We thank you for these psalms. We thank you for people in the past who have learned to love. 